Welcome to the Fast Casual QSR Web and Pizza Marketplace Podcast. Good afternoon and welcome to our podcast with Net Surion. Today's guest is Jason Graft, an expert in information technology and cybersecurity. His network security expertise combined with his business acumen enables him to drive product development at NetSurion. Jason develops a purpose-built solution for restaurant networks, which coupled with optional managed services by NetSurion's NOC and SOC is transforming the business over 20,000 locations across North America. Thanks for being with us today, Jason. Oh, thanks for having me. So we've seen unprecedented growth in restaurant technology over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Do you see this level growing of growth going off or is there still more coming? If digital growth is to continue, what's the one key fallout from all this growth? Yeah, I, I really, I can't, you know, I think with the pandemic, you know, for a lot of companies, they really needed, you know, to either to shore up any uh, gaps they had. Um, and their ability to uh, to serve customers outside of traditional means, meaning somebody walking into their place of business and and uh, and buying something, you know. So I, you know, it's definitely most of the technologies we're dealing with today are not new concepts. You know, one of the areas that I've talked about before is you know when you think about um, even something like um, uh, ordering groceries. You know, that concept's been around for a while. You know, I think grocery stores have tried to you know, get people to latch onto it, but I don't think it's really taken off because people just really were sort of comfortable in the way they were doing business before, you know, and now, and when, of course, after the pandemic, it was, you know, people have now tried it and, you know, you have a lot of people that liked it. And so now you're going to have more people um, utilizing that as a channel. And, um, and so I think the businesses are going to be more, uh, they're going to be more motivated to actually implement those things. And I think the technologies and, and uh, food service and retail are the same way. You know, these are a lot of technologies that, you know, they might've gone to trade shows or gone to places and said, yeah, this is cool. This is neat. This is the something we can do today because the internet's great and we have all this technology, but is it really worth me spending the money, you know, to do it? Um, And I think over the last year or two, they got that motivation. And so, um, so I think you've got a lot of people that have, jumped on to doing things obviously in the last year you know you had you know those companies that were already going down that road that just really um you know saw a lot of success it was all of a sudden you know they're just getting more uh more money in return for the investments you know that they had made so so i think it's it's just going to continue um for for providers to continue to you know those and I, i think you know you have a lot of um, institutions, you know, they're using potentially legacy products, you know, that, uh, you know, have over the years just maybe haven't made the leap, uh, because of, a, you know, financial reasoning, Hey, we're, it's a big move. It's a lot of money. Um, when do we make that move? And I think, you know, if you were in that position too, where you were sort of waiting, you know, waiting things out, I think you probably are either in the process or have went through that process over the last couple of years. Cause I think most feel it's probably, you know, sink or swim at this point, if you, you can't do things like online ordering or third-party delivery integration um, or, you know, customer, you know, pay. I think one of the one of the neatest experiences that I had over the last um, year was um, I was in a, a larger city and, uh, and, and it was like a 
I don't know. It was kind of like a, it was like a nice bar and grill type place. Um, it, it wasn't necessarily like a large chain. Um, and they literally, the, the entire customer experience from the menu to ordering to pay was done at the table. You know, I mean, you had a server still that interacted with you and brought your food. Um, but you, 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 you walked up, you took your smartphone it you, it wasn't just a menu. You literally like chose what you wanted. You know, I want a Coke and I want a hamburger and I want this, you know, and you hit it and it sent the order in the back and you paid for it and everything. It was really neat. It actually kept like a running tab too, because this was, right. you know, they served drinks at this. So, you know, you didn't just pay for it all and then, you know, do you, it actually kept sort of a running tab. And when you got done, you know, you hit the button and you were done. And, and so I think experiences like that, are going to continue to evolve um, and I think become, you know, more normal. What's the one key piece of technology that restaurants need to ensure their success in 2022? It's just, it's all, it's gotta be the internet. You know, I mean, they have to have, uh, you know, solid internet access um, and then ideally some type of uh ability to fail over, you know, we use, for example, with our customers, we use a lot of um, LTE backup services, um, with our customers. And, and that's probably, you know, we do security as well. Obviously we're securing the environment to make sure that, uh, um, nothing nefarious is going on, but you know, the, the site needs to have access to the internet, uh, in order for all these great technologies, like we're talking about to work, they need to, um, you know, in order for, say, for example, for their, uh, system, their kitchen to get the fact that I just ordered a hamburger on my phone, you know, that kitchen application has to communicate with, you know, some application in the cloud that's interacting with my phone, right. Just to, to get that order. And that's in, and all this is happening right in pretty much real time. They can't wait 15 minutes, you know, to get my order or if the internet's down. So I think, um, as simple as it is, um, internet access, you know, is, is key. And then having, you know, some type of, uh, you know, secondary internet, whether that's, you know, some people have bit options of having a second internet that's relatively inexpensive. Um, some don't. So LTE or wireless, some type of wireless technology, um, is good. Uh, but that, that's probably the big thing. And then just when, in that same vein is that, you know, not all internet is created equal, so, you know, one thing I, you know, I would, I would tell somebody that, you know, is responsible for a particular location is, you know, it's probably if it costs you an extra 40 bucks a month to get, you know, um, say a good cable broadband versus, you know, I, you know, I, I harp on DSL a lot cause it's, you know, typically it's, it's a little bit more of a challenging internet service. You know, I would say go for it. Or if you can get fiber for, you know, an extra 50 dollars, you know, spend the money that you can to get the best internet, the most reliable internet that you can. And then, you know, add, adding a little bit more for like an LTE backup, you know, is, is a great option as well. Okay. So with the rapid expansion of digital technology in this, in this industry, what's the risk level of a cybersecurity breach as compared to the, say the past five years? You know, I, I think the risk goes up in that you know, I think the same risks are involved in sort of brand reputation. You know, nobody wants to be the one that finds out that 50 other stores, you know, got compromised. So that risk hasn't really changed. But to me, the bigger, you know, risk is that when you're so reliant on your technology within your store functioning, you know, at a pretty high level, the ransomwares of the world, not only 
do they sort of, you know, look bad and, and potentially put, you know, customer payments at risk, they prevent your business from operating. You know, what's even potentially worse is say you get a, you know, you have a few of your stores or even one of your store that's in one of your business locations and you can't operate your technology for eight hours, you know, while you recover whatever it is. And that's, and that's being nice. You know, I mean, if it's a bad enough thing, who knows how long, you know, it might take you to get, um, you know, back online. So I think that's the biggest risk. You know, we talk, you know, to me, ransomware is still like the perfect crime. Um, you know, when you think about it, 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 it's, it's out there. It doesn't really care who you are. Um, it, it creates a scenario where it's as important as it is to you. You know what I mean? Like, you know, for example, if I'm at my house and it's some computer that I just check the internet on and I get ransomware, you know, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like I'll just, you know, I'll just take that computer down and, and, and reset it. But if it's a, you know, if it's a business system inside, say, my retail location that I need to be able to do transactions on, then that's obviously really important, you know, to me. And so that's why you hear about organizations even playing ransoms, you know what I mean? Because to them, they're like, well, if I can pay a ransom and get back online in, in two hours, as opposed to trying to restore all the stuff that they may or may not be able to restore, um, it's a problem. So I think ransomware is, is going to continue to be the biggest you know, general problem and risk. And of course, with, with when you have businesses that are becoming more and more dependent, you know, on their technology and not just, you know, their, um, their ability to say cook food or uh, get clothes off racks and stuff like that. You know, they, they need this technology to, uh, to be fully operational. Right. It's really hard to check guests out when, when the computer system is down. That's right. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you have any of those, you don't really see the, you don't see those little, you know, slider credit card things, you know, anymore, you know, back in the day, you know, if something happened, you know, they pull out the old, you know, right. like thing and, and do that. And that, you know, I haven't seen one of those in a, in a, in a long time. And of course, some of those systems like they'll batch process those, which also has its own risk. You know, when you batch process um, credit cards, you basically accept them. The way most of the applications work is they'll accept the cards and with, without doing any authorization. So if it's like a stolen card or it's got some sort of tag on it, like they won't know until after the system comes back online and then it'll go do an authorization and then it'll be declined. So, so the business potentially say, gives somebody, you know, $20 worth of food. Um, and then they don't find out till it's declined until later and they lose out on that. Right. Right. So what are the greatest risks of new POS technology in a restaurant or retail today? Yeah, I think it's just the, the fact of the matter is, is that most of your retail um, environments, um, you know, are not, um, you know, they're not enterprise class environments. You know, they're in many cases, you know, these are still businesses that are uh, working on very low margins um, that are trying to get, every, you know, squeeze everything they can um, out of every capability. And so, um, you know, in some industries, you know, it seems like, you know, the money's just there to go around to invest in technology. I mean, nobody wants to throw money away, but it seems exceptionally tight um, in sort of that multi-unit retail food service as far as what they're spending money on. Um, and so I think that's the biggest thing is in one respect, they're, they're wanting to leverage and utilize technology in a major way, um, but they're also wanting to do it in a way that has the least impact um, on, you know, the business as far as what their profit margins um, and then, of course, eventually the customer, right? I mean, 
you know, people in the retail space, you know, these are consumers. They're in many you know, times it's a commodity type business. You know, if, if something costs five, $5 here or it costs $10 there, you know, they might, you know, they're, they might opt for the $5 option. And so I think that's the biggest risk is that, um, and even when you talk about how do you secure these environments, how do you ensure, um, you know, they have good internet and all that stuff, it all comes, you know, most of the time these decisions are being made in the context of, you know, how, you know, what's the cost of this, you know? Um, and I think that's the risk, you know, as, as decision makers are trying to decide, well, like I said earlier, do they get the fiber internet or they get the DSL because DSL is 40 bucks a month and fiber is a hundred bucks, you know, a month, you know, if they choose the DSL at 40 bucks a month, you know, you know, they're putting themselves more at risk. And I would say their point of sale softwares and all that stuff is the same way. You know, what are they, are they leveraging legacy technology still because they just don't want to make the jump and spend the money. Um, you know, I mean, all those things, you know, factors going to play. So I think that's the biggest risk is just, how is the business evaluating how much investment? And I think if they're, you know, in the same way we're talking about how technology has evolved and changed for these uh, retail locations, you know, business decision makers that have, you know, that are making the decisions related to how they spend their money have to also change. You know, they can't, they can't expect to just get all this stuff and then not sort of adjust how they're, how much money they're investing in it. What about smaller businesses, these small mom and pop shops and restaurants? Um, what do they do if they don't have the staff or the skills necessary to protect their businesses? You know, the, the good thing is, is that um, because a lot of the technology is now being leveraged in this sort of hosted cloud-based scenario. And, and you know, I mean, you've walked in, you know, you've seen businesses utilizing things like, you know, tablets, you know, to do ordering. I mean, I use the example of, earlier of using my own personal device, you know, to do a lot of that. Um, so I think the, the good thing for smaller sort of startup type places or just smaller organizations, even if they're not a startup, is that there's a lot of options out there that sort of have a lot of stuff built in uh, that can take care of them. Um, you know, the, uh, you know, as you get larger, obviously your requirements get more complex and then, you know, you might have to spend more money to get customizations based on your needs. But the good news for those that, um, you know, are smaller or maybe they're startups is that there's a lot of good options, you know, out there. I mean, uh, you know, as a business, for example, you know, net, in NetSurian, you know, we manage a lot of, you know, those types of people, right? So, you know, for those entities that um, need to do their job, need to have technology, but they need, they want to make sure obviously it's secure and has everything they need, you know, someone like a NetSurian, a, a managed service provider, you know, comes in and provides that at a, at a broad level across, you know, all those locations. So I would say if, you know, there's plenty of opportunity for, uh, to, for people to partner with, to help you with the technology. And then there's plenty of, you know, to me, that's just the way the technologies have gone. There's, there's a, there's a lot of good options out there uh, for technologies that are secure and then, and have, and do really well. Like that example I used at that one place. I mean, it wasn't a large chain. It was just, you know, some restaurant, you know, that was in a larger city, you know, I don't even think there were two of them, you know, it was like a one-stop, you know, type place. And, you know, they had a ton of technology, you know, that they were leveraging and using in a really, you know, unique way, but that's just because they're leveraging technology that's, that's out there already. So managers can't be everywhere at once, especially in today's short staffed, you know, mm -hmm. businesses, 
these staffing shortages that we're seeing now, mm -hmm. how can companies get a bird's eye view of what's going on at their businesses on the technology side? Yeah. And this, you know, this really gets, you know, down to one of, I think one of the challenges with, you know, just where multi-unit retail and, and retail and food service come into play is that, you know, in the enterprise world, or even in kind of the, you know, upper medium, you know, SMB world, you know, customers are doing, you know, monitoring all their devices. They're bringing that information, you know, into systems where, you know, you mentioned, you know, we have a security operations center that's 24 seven people are monitoring that stuff, you know, and they're watching out for things, you know, that are, that are happening. You know, I think the kind of like the question that you asked earlier, you know, where is some of the risk is that, you know, how are, you know, food service retail uh, organizations willing, you know, to invest um, in the ability to be able to monitor that stuff. Cause you're right. The reality of it is, is that, I mean, anyone that's on site, honestly, at one of these locations is not really doing anything, you know, to protect your security or even keep your internet online. You know, they're just, they're doing, they're taking care of employees. They're taking care of customers. They're making things happen for the business. And so all that stuff needs to be handled. Um, by some, by either another organization or, you know, people within their organization that are, um, you know, that are doing it. So I think that's the thing is, you know, how do you, you've got to watch all the things. And when you talk about, you know, an organization, for example, with NetSurian, you know, we, we have a SOC, we have a network operations center. And so we're bringing all those types of events into an environment where we can see it. So if we see something that's, uh, either wrong or if, uh, if there is a problem going on, we have the ability to sort of drill down, investigate for that customer um, and make sure they're okay and their business isn't at risk. Um, but those, those customers, you know, put that, you know, that uh, burden on us as a partner. And, and, and there's, you know, like I say, there's, uh, there's other, you know, partners available out there, you know, like NetSurian um, that do that. And then some brands, uh, you know, some people are large enough, they have their own, you know, they hire their own, say local IT network service provider, um, you know, to do it, you know, say they might have four locations in a, you know, in a city, right. And they might have a provider there that they depend on for all that stuff. Really relying on their technological partners for right. sure. For sure. Right. So moving into 2020, mm -hmm. what should a restaurant's technology stack look like these days? Well, 2022, you mean, yeah, but uh, 2022. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, We're going to forget 2020 happened. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, what should it look like? You know, it, sh it should look like um, it should look like, you know, point of sale systems that have the, uh, the capabilities that that they need holistically as a business. Um, you know, when you, you look at organizations that have been around for a long, long time, you typically get into scenarios where they're just sort of having to add on things because they get so invested in like the core product that, you know, it's really just a matter of, okay, well now we need this. It's like a, you're building on. And, and, you know, so if you're more of a modern company or you had that opportunity to sort of build out your stack, you know, more recently, you know, most of these, you know, point of sale applications have a pretty robust, um, offering in the way of things like third-party integration or online ordering and have all the point of sale requirements, you know, they're built on secure platforms. You know, a lot of the companies have gotten away from using, you know, like windows platforms as an OS, just because, um, it's not that windows is inherently insecure. It's just that it's a, it's a more, uh, um, generic platform. So a lot more, 
people are writing bad things for it. Um, but when you have purpose built, um, applications and devices, you know, some people are, you know, utilizing tablets and stuff like that. You just inherently, um, get a little bit more security, um, in that regard. So, so I would say, yeah, a holistic, uh, point of sale system that sort of has the, you know, the framework that you need to do everything with your business. And you might not even invest in all those immediately, but the, but having the ability to sort of add those pieces and parts, you know, on leveraging, you know, access, you know, to the internet, to get reports and data, you know, all that stuff, you know, is no longer really housed on servers sitting, you know, in those places that data is usually processed and, and sent up into some sort of central repository where they can get access, you know, to it. And then, you know, and then infrastructure is a, is what makes all that happen, right? Is, you know, it's the firewalls and the switches and the wireless and all that stuff, implementing that infrastructure to support all that. And then having, you know, what you said, you know, having, if you, if you don't have the ability to support that yourself is having a technology partner to be able to uh, support the implementation of that. Cause all those things just get more important, right? I mean, if you don't have a reliable um, equipment, you know, at the end, providing you access to the internet, uh, potentially even LTE backup, uh, making sure things are secure so that you know what's coming in and out of your network, um, then, you know, all that, that great point of sale will be for not because, you know, you'll come into work one day and, you know, it'll be a madhouse because maybe you got ransomware or maybe your internet's down for the next four hours. If you had a piece of advice for 2022, what would you say when it comes to IT and cybersecurity in today's modern world? I think I would say get, a, get knowledge of what is going out of your network. You know, there's a lot of, you know, places and, you know, things to do related to security and, and, and things. And so, you know, you can go down a laundry list, but I think you would be uniquely surprised if, if you kept a good um, understanding of what's, what's leaving your network, you know, because generally speaking, that's where, um, where you can identify anything malicious, you know, um, going on. And so it may not be detectable. Uh, by the person at the store, but there could be activity going out, you know, some, you know, say for example, you don't really watch what's going out. Um, and then you determine that, you know, you've got consistent traffic going to somewhere in Asia, you know, and it's like, well, we don't do business with anything in Asia. Why do we have a bunch of traffic going to Asia? It's a, it's a really uh, nice indicator um, that there might be something going on. And, and the, really the reality of it is, you know, is that no place is perfect. And, and it, I would be more surprised if I monitored uh, a location and didn't see something going somewhere that you couldn't necessarily, you know, explain. Um, you know, the it, there's just so many different uh, ways to interact. Um, sometimes there are things that don't necessarily make sense on the in the beginning, but you figure out what they are and you have better knowledge of it. And sometimes, you know, it could be some. Uh, you know, some piece of malicious software on a computer that's not necessarily causing business harm, but, you know, maybe doing some, you know, maybe a Bitcoin, you know, miner on one of your, you know, computers. And so you still want to know about it, right? You still want to deal with it. So that would be the one thing is I would be get a, get an understanding and control of what's going out to the internet from your, from your place of business. All right. Well, thanks for chatting with me today. Your insight's been really interesting. We'd like to thank our listeners and Nat Sherian for today's great podcast. Well, thank you for having me.